The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world-famous Jonesy and Brown show. It's time to talk NFL Draft. Jonesy, me and you have been on the mic all week. We've been talking Sixers a lot, but we had to put Playoff time. It is playoff time. And once again, me not dressed for the occasion. We're going to talk Eagles today, but I got my Sixers shirt on. Yesterday, we talked Sixers, and I had my uh, Philadelphia Stars You had XFL shirt. gear on. No, that was USFL. Sixers. I had my USFL hat on. But today, USFL. we're going to talk. Yes. Today we are going to talk football. NFL draft is what a week away? A week, a week away. out, a week away. And and, and 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 here's the thing. I always say this and, and, and it's it's not a flex because because of the results that uh, of the games that transpired. But when your team makes it to the championship, it makes the offseason seem it just flies by. Like Philly, Phillies were in the World Series. Yeah, they lost. But when, by the time pitchers and catchers rolled around, you were like, "Oh my God, it's, it's that time again!" Eagles in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and the draft is already here. And I feel like I'm still just I'm I'm still struggling with that 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 Super Bowl loss. But it is time. I mean, to if talk your team it. is like a team that's out in the first round or doesn't make the playoffs, your season yeah. literally ends a lot earlier. Yeah, that's an extra two months on your season. Mm-hmm. Extra two months yeah. out of like everybody else is done at the end of December, beginning of January. You went into February, so exactly. it definitely makes the off season go by a lot faster. And now with the draft coming up, I'm gonna say, let me say this real quick. Last mm-hmm. year's draft, I I was talking about last year's draft from November. It was easy to identify what needs we. What players we needed? Who mm. I you heard me from early? I was naming. I want, I want this guy in this round. It was easy. Mm. This year does not feel that easy for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah. glad we have an expert on here with us. We do have an to expert try to, man. To try to help sorting some things out. Got a man that has a whole book, and and, and I, I I I gotta admit, I always say one day, I, like every year when he comes out with this 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 book. Mm-hmm. Uh, of draft prospects, I said I'm going to take it to Staples and print it all out on paper. But then I think about how much all that paper is going to cost, and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to keep it on my tablet and just, you know, just scroll mm-hmm. with the finger. Like I, I want to see it one one day. I want that stack of papers, that phone book of papers of prospects. So we wanted to bring our friend in, a good friend of the show, Emery Hunt from FootballGamePlan.com. What is going on, good brother? Thank you for coming on with us today, man. I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate you guys bringing me on. And, and listen, I printed out 2020, 2021, and 2022 copies of mm-hmm. the draft guide, and it's about 150 bucks. So I wouldn't advise you to print out. Um, so I, I didn't print out this year's edition, uh-huh. you know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a lot, man. It's it it, it is. It looks good to have, but mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. At some point, I'm gonna just take up too much space in my office. So. I need to just keep it on the tablet. No, I, I understand. I appreciate it, man. And you, and you have, and we've now we have now said this for years now. We have now used your 
Jonesy and I have now used your guide for a couple of years now. And it's probably mm-hmm. the most thorough, most, you know, just uh, informative guide. I mean, you have, you know, what, a thousand prospects this year. Yeah. Over a thousand. Be- second year in a row. Mm hmm. Like, how, like, like for you and, and, when does the process start? Like you're working on you're working on 2024 right now, pretty much, right? Pretty much, man. And for me, uh, like just getting an outline of names because, mm-hmm. as you guys know, during the season, I'm I'm covering NFL, I'm calling college football games, mm-hmm. I'm covering college football games. So I don't really start my draft process until I get to the All Star Game circuit, which starts first week of January. So that's my first opportunity mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. these guys. And then once I'm back, which usually coincides with Super Bowl week, I'm starting the process of grading guys. So you mm-hmm. figure from early February to, you know, it, 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 there's a cutoff because I have to get back down to another all-star game in the HBC Legacy Bowl at the end of February. Mm-hmm. Then after that, it's the combine. So it's about two weeks and I'm still grading while I'm on the road. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go all the way through until it's done. So this year it took me from, about February 1st to uh, April 1st. So you figure two months of just straight 12-hour days of of locking in, grading prospects nonstop until they got done. So um, that's how it works. I, I jump in the process late. And so it's, it's fascinating for me because when you watch, if you hear, you hear people's names all throughout mm-hmm. the season, and it's always fascinating when I get my eyes on them and like, wow, they would talk about this guy like as a top 10 talent and i'm like whoa you know and, and you just didn't see that i didn't mm-hmm. see it and i you know um and or you see mock drafts early in the year and then when you start the great guys you like you don't see them in mock drafts anymore in the first round it's like oh i see why uh so yeah i mm-hmm. love that part because now I, I watch guys live so i'm not influenced by what i see at the senior bowl because i haven't gotten to their tape yet or mm-hmm. the or these all-star games so when i go if a guy stands out at the shrine bowl or whatever and I go back and watch the film. I was like, oh, well, he was just a practice all-star because on film in the actual game, he's disappearing. So that's mm-hmm. that's my whole process. So I love the process. I, I, I have to get smarter as I get older and start to try to chip away and carve out some time mm-hmm. during the fall. So that way I won't have as much cramming to do in those two months. Now, how many so, years is this for you for, for, for this process? How many years have you been putting out this uh, draft guide? I put out the draft guide. The first one came in 2020 because okay. I had enough time because we were all locked down, you know, mm-hmm. for COVID. So I was like, you know what? Let me stop putting this stuff out for free on YouTube, my YouTube channel. As you, mm-hmm. as you guys know, I used to put all my rankings on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this allowed me not only just more, you know, access to to deeper thoughts to where people can see what I actually think about the players and, and, and their skill set as opposed to just seeing a number on the side and where they rank on a list, but also accountability. Like, okay, this is where I had this guy. And it's always good to follow your thoughts throughout the whole process. So 2020 mm-hmm. was the first official guide, but I started grading prospects in 2010. So, you know, I, so I have, I want to say 13 years of scouting chops in terms mm-hmm. of grading and ranking guys and watching my process, mm-hmm. you know, evolve over the seasons and, and where guys I had and what guys have done and done well and what guys have gone on to be studs in other leagues. And it's just like, okay, this is cool. Cause now you have documented history of longevity of work you put in. So when you're going through your process, 
I, I'm sure it's easier now than it was when you first started, but what's it like trying to get sufficient information on some of these small school kids? It is not a problem for me. It's just like it's, everything is film-based. Film, mm -hmm. film, film. So it's like, you know, you pop in the film and you just watch. And therefore, you know, you're not getting um, you're not getting uh, influenced by information. Because, again, okay. I'm in the media. Scouts mm -hmm. need to have that information. So that's less work for me. I just need to know what this guy can do and what he can't do or where he, where he has room to grow. And that's all I need to know. You know, because, okay. again, I just need to be able to talk about these guys. And uh, understand how they fit in a, in a certain scheme or how they fit on a team. So everything for me is still film based, you know, whether it's a guy playing at Florida State or a guy playing at Florida State at Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't matter where they play. It's just, I just need to watch the film and, and lock in. And I, I can say I can say this, you know, Jonesy's a product of, a, of HBCU. I'm a product of HBCU. So I, I appreciate the fact that you have shown a dedication to making sure that HBCU students get their shine. You know, I saw the post that you had made about uh, how, uh, Howard the other day. I've always appreciated the fact when you had, you know, the greatest HBCU in the world, Morgan State University. Um, so, and, and just, but honestly, that's something you don't get from a lot of other draft experts because these HBCUs, the HBCUs are putting out draft worthy props products there are players that are coming from these schools that can play at a pro level and there isn't really an advocate for them there's not somebody on a regular basis saying hey take a look at this guy from this school so I, that's something that you do that sets you apart from the rest that i've all, i've always respected out of you well i appreciate that and I, i'll say this like um because i'm I, at these games, like I call a lot of Morgan State games, mm -hmm. um, and you saw me. And call you do them. a good job too. I appreciate that. I, I like doing Morgan State games, man. Mm -hmm. Calling the games is fun because you become a part of the the, the atmosphere, and and it's mm -hmm. a lot of fun. And I remember seeing, um, you know, and because I spent a lot of times covering Giants at training camp, OTAs, mini camp, all those things, you see an eye for what works in the pros. So now when you're watching college players, it's easier to pick out. Oh, that's a pro guy. That's the NFL guy. That's the USFL guy, right? And so at Morgan, I was like, "Oh, this dude, this I like this tackle." And I didn't know he was, you know, on the radar or whatnot. But come mm -hmm. to find out, it was Joshua Miles, and he was yep, at the, yep. the Shrine Bowl. I was like, "Wow!" So I, I I saw it early in the season mm -hmm. when they played Towson. So I know there's talent at the HBCU level, and a lot of people in the draft media industry, um, they just kind of to no fault of their own, because I again. Not, not everyone is able to get out and, and travel around, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So if people just do what's the easiest or convenient, they skim off the top and think just because you're at this particular school that you don't have pro talent. Well, we know guys are late bloomers coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. um, somebody asked me before, how, how come the FCS tends to produce a lot of tight ends? I was like, because they were slow, tall, wide receivers coming out of high school, and they mm -hmm. go to these programs and they develop into athletic tight ends, right? So mm -hmm. same thing with HBCU uh, prospects. And, and I think the last two years, I thought last year's HBCU crop was tremendous. One of the best years of HBCU prospects I had ever seen. Mm -hmm. And this year wasn't as deep as last year's, but the talent is increasing. This year, mm -hmm. there's already, you know, I, I'm excited to break down those guys because I know last year as I'm looking, oh, this dude's a junior. Oh, wow, this dude's going to be nice next year. So I can't wait mm -hmm. to see what this crop in 2024 brings.
Nice. So let's, All right. Let's, oh, go ahead, Jones. You got it. Well, I'm just going to say so, you know, because we don't want to take up too much of your time. We do have drafted Eagles next week. So I want to talk about my birds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's let's start with the obvious one. You know, we lost Miles Sanders. Philly fans are Philly fans, and there's a lot of talk about the running back position. Personally, I never want to see like a top ten pick going on a running back, but the Eagles also have thirty, and we have second round picks as well. What running backs do you see being available in that? end of the first round early second round range that could be productive players coming into the league you know is unique because i'm all about taking elite players whenever you can get them so mm. if you're looking at 10 and 30 there are two guys i would take in round one it's jameer gibbs and Bijan robinson so and here's the dilemma because i, I just did this um mock my mock draft on cbs sports with mm-hmm. Rick Spielman and Ryan Wilson. And everybody knows what where I stand on running backs. Like, I am team take running backs, elite running backs in the first round. But when I broke down Philly and it picked 10, I'm like, okay, Philly just brought in Rashad Penny. I am willing to say he is super explosive. He was, I think he was my RB1 or – no, he was my RB2 in that 2018 class. Um, mm-hmm. So – I was a big fan of him because he has explosiveness. He has the home run hitting speed. The question is his, all right, health. Just, his health. Can he stay healthy? We just invested in him. You, you have him. Let's say he's healthy. You have him and you have um, uh, game well, who mm-hmm. has a great feel for the run game was much better than Miles Sanders in terms of feel for the run game. And so can we work with that? Can we, okay, where else can we get better at 10? And knowing the drop off between edge rushers, let's go edge rusher first at 10. So now it puts running back in play at pick 30. And I'm like, okay, this is where I can take Gibbs because mm-hmm. Bijan in my mock had went to the Cowboys. But I'm like, okay, man, again, if I can bank on homeboy being healthy, I'm willing to say where else can the Eagles get better? And with the thinking in terms of like Howie Roseman thinks, like, okay, I know the offense is going to be good regardless. And where mm-hmm. the Eagles tend to have success is because they are strong on both sides of the line of scrimmage. So I already helped the D line with Marcus mm-hmm. Murphy or Miles Murphy, the edge rusher. Now, let me go get some help on the offensive line, some depth. And I took a tackle because at the end of the day, Lane Johnson is in his what 10th year. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there, there's going to need be a need for depth there. Uh, why not get an elite talent at tackle, first-round talent at tackle, and help out both sides of the line of scrimmage? And maybe in round two, you can add another explosive back. I know that's blasphemous for me making a case for both Bijan and Gibbs, but I can <laughs> understand going point of mm-hmm. attack because the Eagles tend mm-hmm. to do a great job of keeping that cupboard stocked with rotational talent there. Absolutely. They always seem to prioritize and find a way to, to find good quality players on those mm-hmm. lines. Um, so if, if Howie is true to form and he tends to value those core interior pieces in the early rounds, there are other things. So that puts us in second, third round, looking for positions like safety and possibly another linebacker. 
possibly another wide receiver. Like, where do you see value for a team like Philly? Philly has a a, a good problem. They've drafted mm-hmm. well and they've scouted well, so they've brought in some guys on drafted free agents like Blankenship, and mm-hmm. they signed quality free agents. So they have a a lot of depth. Problem is, there's not a lot of room on the roster for a full slate of rookies. So we may see the <laughs> package picks and move up to specifically target certain guys. So if I'm thinking in the second round, and I I, I like Nicobe Dean, but if mm-hmm. Deion Henley is there, I'm taking him in, in, mm-hmm. in round two because mm-hmm. I feel like Henley is a Fred Warner clone, and I'm taking him because he can cover former wide receiver turn linebacker. I'm taking him and plopping him right next to Nicobe Dean. If they go safety. How about you get someone that can play that deep third, that's smart, instinctive, that can make plays on the ball, and that's Christopher Smith out of Georgia. I think he could be in there on day two, someone that, that does a great job in turning mm-hmm. the ball over. you know. And if you look at maybe day three, where else can they possibly go? How about going back? Let's say, okay, we want to add a receiver. Who? What, what, what type of receiver do we have? Okay, we got a, we got a, a route-running technician in Devonta Smith who can get vertical. We have a big bully also in A.J. Brown. You bring up uh, Zacchaeus, the, the free agent. You sign him mm-hmm. from the Falcons, who could be a slot guy. I don't know why they don't play Greg Ward. Um, you know, Greg Ward would be a good slot guy. You still have Quez Watkins, who can get deep. Um, so maybe you want to add another speed guy. And then you think about, okay, who could be there maybe on day you know, two or three, maybe day two. Maybe you go uh, Wyatt from Tennessee, mm-hmm. someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you wait a little bit. To get another tight end, maybe you find someone that can be a flex tight end. This is a good cl- crop of that uh, for those guys. So maybe you go uh, tight end um, and and get someone to go along with Dallas Goddard. Maybe Lakeland Pitts, the tight end, the inline tight end mm-hmm. on day three out of William and Mary, who could block but also run routes rather well. That allow that's that allows Goddard to be a little bit more of a move piece within mm-hmm. the offense. So you can get better mm-hmm. on both ends. So Eagles have options, man. They have a ton of options with not a lot of holes. First of all, this city would lose their mind. They get another quality Georgia player on that defense. <laughs> you know, they they they're happy with Jordan. People here are happy with Jordan Smith. We're Jordan waiting Davis. on what I say, Smith. It's been a long day. <laughs> Jordan Davis, thank you, brother. They're happy with Jordan Davis. They're patiently waiting on Nicobe Dean. You know, he he was able to pretty much have a red a red shirt uh, rookie year. But he showed signs when he played. Yeah, yeah, he showed signs. So it's like people are like there were there were critics who were like, you know, you have this rookie. How come he hasn't been playing? But then, you know, you you realize it was just an embarrassment of riches. You had two quality guys in front of him. You had Kazir White and TJ Edwards playing in front of Mm -hmm. him. And then you so you were able to bring him along slowly. But, but, you know, like Jonesy said, you know, you were. Once you saw him get on the field, you realized you had a player. You know, mm-hmm. this was they weren't hiding him. You know, they were actually bringing him along slowly. So you put another you, you put another speedster quality Georgia back. First of all, this I think that Philadelphia is pretty much falling in love with the SEC. Mm-hmm. You know, since how he's come back, he's like, look, man, give me all the Georgia guys, give me all the Alabama guys. You know, all you have to say is SEC, and people around here are good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- those players are there. The quality is there. Could you give us like a couple other late round picks that 
that you think, you know, second, third day guys, you think it uh, make a difference? Because that's also something this uh, this town likes. They love that that workhorse guy, that late round guy who then becomes a star. That six, you know, fifth, sixth round guy that uh, could be a star. You know, cornerback is another place where I think they can go and attack. Um, and so you look at some Ooh. corners, some small school guys. I'm a big fan of uh, Xavier Bell out of Portland. Him and his teammate, Xavier Bell and Anthony Adams out of Portland State. Adams mm. is a corner. Bell is someone that's a combo safety. So he's kind of like, you know, can play corner or safety. And if you go watch their Portland State game against Washington, they did a great job against the Huskies. And so they've shown that they can play above the uh, you know a level mm-hmm. and they are really good. Uh Xavier is 6'2, 200. Um, and uh Anthony Adams is 5'11, 185. Really good cover corners uh from the FCS, had good all-star game circuits as well. Um, and then you go Jamie Robinson, Florida State, combo safety. He's my number one combo safety. I feel like he's another one that can play in the slot, but also you could trust in a split safety look, gives you some versatility back there. Um, he could be around early day three. So for me, I feel like Philly can go anywhere. Um, and even though they have yeah, here's a running back, I, and I'm a big fan of him, Deuce Vaughn. You know, I don't care if he's five, six, 175. We all watched Kansas State. We all watched him just go crazy against Alabama. We all watched him mm-hmm. go crazy against everybody they played. So him mm-hmm. paired with the Jalen Hurts would be ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Uh, gives you that explosiveness. It kind of continues to keep that ball rolling with, hey, we're going to rotate our backs, but it's not like we drop off in explosiveness with the backs that we utilize. All right. Uh- the question for you that oh, not really so much Eagles related, but just a question I know that everybody always wants to know every year. What do you make of this year's quarterback class? I compared it to 2017 when in 2017, my top three all had the same grade. I had it. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Kaiser. And then this year, all three of my top guys have the same grade. I have it. Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. And so I think if you told if you're picking at the top and you want to get one of those three, you're not going to get an argument from from me. And also I feel like this is a deeper class just like 17 was when I told you guys pre-show that uh I had PJ Walker as my QB5 that year. I I, I wasn't mm-hmm. high on Trubisky. I think he was like QB11 or 12 or something like that mm-hmm. for me. Same thing with Levis in this class. I feel like Levis is a Trubisky in this class, right? Mm-hmm. So for me not only can you get three starters, you can get three guys, uh, you can get guys in between, you know, the Trubisky's and the, the Levises that can be solid QB2s with the pathway to QB1. So for me, it's like Hendon Hooker, another one that's a really good mm-hmm. one. Jaron mm-hmm. Hall, but both Hendon Hooker and Jaron Hall have those injury concerns. Uh, both guys, one coming off an ACL and Jaron Hall has the concussions and he always seems to be a little bit nicked up. Um, I'm a big fan of him. This year's PJ Walker is Todd Centeno out of James Madison, who played at mm-hmm. Temple, started mm-hmm. at Temple, then transferred out to Colorado State, then transferred down to James Madison and won Sunbelt Conference Newcomer of the Year and Sunbelt Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Played mm-hmm. great at the Tropical Bowl and also at the NFLPA Bowl, was Tropical Bowl MVP at quarterback. So um, they there are some dudes in here in his class. You know, Adrian Martinez, Lindsey Scott, the un, you know the underrated guy from Incarnate Word. You talk about Martinez and Scott, both were drafted 
by the USFL. Scott was taken second overall by the Pittsburgh Maulers. So that tells you what they think of him. Hey, man, mm -hmm. if the NFL doesn't work out, we got you a spot already, you know, for uh, nope. Pittsburgh and the USFL. So I, I think this is a really good class for teams to upgrade their QB to. But if you're picking at the top, you know, Carolina, Houston, Indianapolis, this is where you want to go with those three guys. You can't go wrong with any one of those three. Now, in, in your preparation, I always – and this is a question I, 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 I'm always curious of, you know, draft analysts. In in this year's pro, uh, crop of players, in the players that you have seen, have there been names that have come across your desk have, that have been mentioned to you that you think might not – when you will look at their tape, might not be as high up as a lot of other experts might say? Or might think it was real Levis for me. It was mm -hmm. it was real Levis, and um, you know, not to say he's not a good player, is just that it it came out of nowhere, kind of like how the Blake Bortles thing happened, kind of like how the Trubisky thing happened. You know, when you're watching it, it you, just kind of like how the Carson Wentz thing happened, and and you guys know I'm a small college aficionado, so mm -hmm. if there's a small college prospect, I've seen him, and you know, for me to not be high on Wentz or even Trey mm -hmm. Lance when he came out says something. Cause I, this is where, this is my lane. Right. Um, so for Levis, it was about watching where I watched 2021 just to make sure. Cause everybody, you know, tried to say, don't watch 2022, but then mm -hmm. you watch 2022. It looks just like 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and you wonder like, well, where's this coming from? Why are, if someone wanted to take him in round two, if we're talking about him in you know in round two, like with Hendon Hooker, and fine, I'm I'm not you know mm -hmm. I'm not gonna argue with that. Uh, but when you talk about top ten, in the way I view top ten, I'm thinking Troy Aikman, I'm thinking Barry Sanders, I'm thinking <laughs> Mike, I'm thinking like elite talents and mm -hmm. sure know, thing hit picks. sure thing yeah. picks. You know, I'm thinking the 1990, the 1989 top ten. That's what I'm thinking when I think top ten first round, right? Mm -hmm. um, so. And I get people want quarterbacks, but and people complain about quarterback contracts. Well, stop forcing quarterbacks to go high and stop paying mediocre quarterbacks like they're a top 10 talents. You could reset the whole quarterback market. You do mm -hmm. it every other position, you know. So I just feel like some team is going to do Will Levis a disservice by forcing mm -hmm. him in the top 10. Mm -hmm. Well, luckily for us. My friend Jonesy, that will not be us. That will not be the Philadelphia Eagles this year. You know, yeah, we won't be involved in the quarterback market yes, for, for, the, for the foreseeable but, future. And we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that in a second. But first, Emory Hunt, let people know where they can find you. They need to get this draft book. They need they need this. It, you know, on their tablet, on you know, on your your Kindle, whatever you have, you need this come draft day. This is that it. It has now become from both me and Jonesy because we we both sat here and talked about it during the draft. I got my book right there next to me. Everybody come is like, you can sit here, you can listen to what Mel Kiper has to say, you can listen to Todd McShay. I'm like, no, look, let me let me let me flip through this to see what Emery said about this guy. Where can people get this book? I appreciate the support, guys. They can go mm -hmm. to footballgameplan.com/slash/2023-draft-guide. It's the industry standard. Is what you need to help get you through the draft, at the end of the draft, during training camp, OTAs, during the season. Because, again, we know how transient these rosters are. Um, guys going to pop on and off the 
practice squad. It's going to be week nine. Eagles going to call somebody up. You're going to be like, who the hell is this? It's probably mm-hmm. in the draft guy. So it's very useful all year round at footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. All right. Once again, how can people reach you? How can people follow you and get in contact with you so they can tell you how great uh, your, your draft book is or they can tell you how much they disagree with you because I know they do that too. Oh, they do that often. So mm-hmm. until it's like a year later or later in the season, then nobody comes back and say you were right though. Um, <laughs> they, but they, you know, they try to hide. But <laughs> at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, youtube.com slash football game play you can see me all over cbs sports hq as well that is right that's right where will you be come draft day cbs sports hq they can follow me there and see me on i'll be on day three coverage so i'll be mr day three there uh, in studio talking my talk about these prospects definitely i'm looking forward to it we, we are looking forward to it once again that is emory hunt a football game plan talking the draft this man does this man does layman's work man he, he He's oh, yeah, truth, gets man. it done. Yes, appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. All Thank right, man. We'll stop, talk with you. Of course. Thank you, sir. Once again, that's Emory Hunt. Now, JP, I have to call a timeout. You have to call a timeout. I have to so call have a timeout. To, no, we gotta I, stop the show or something? No, the show oh, continues. Okay. I just have to get something off my chest there. Okay, okay. The floor is yours. I let, let, let me let me get comfortable for this. Okay. I'm listening. What you got to say? It's not something I say often, but I try to be a man of my word, Mm -hmm. and I like to be honest, Mm -hmm. so that in in the event that I am wrong about something, Mm -hmm. I will own it, come before the people, and admit I was wrong. JB? Yes. I was wrong. You were wrong about what? What were you wrong about? For years, I was a believer that it was impossible to make a guy the highest paid player in the league Mm -hmm. and still preserve a chance at building a quality roster. Mm. And that I was wrong. I mean, I always knew that it was really about salary cap percentage. Mm -hmm. But me being the layman that I am, I didn't understand that you could make a guy the highest paid player in league history and still keep his salary cap number lower than what let's say 70 percent of the guys who've already been paid as court at his position like mm-hmm. so while i thought the answer was getting a guy that takes less money or moving on to the next rookie mm-hmm. i was wrong it turns out what the answer really is is to hire howie roseman as your gm <laughs> that's the real answer because he's just better than everyone else at his job. No, I, at, I, you know, at, I thought like a normal person. Howie thinks at a different level than all of us, obviously. At the risk 
of betraying your trust. Because that's not what I'm trying to do. But for the sake of this conversation, I would like to read the first text you sent to me when the news broke of Jalen Hurts' contract. Oh, feel free. Okay. Uh, What you said was, you can't pay a guy that much money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And 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 and, and understand something. And and, and I, I'm I'm speaking to our audience here. When you said that, I wasn't going to argue with you. It was a it, it was it was a good point. I wasn't going to you know you. This is something, you know, this has been a sticking point since I've worked with you mm-hmm. about the need to be able to build a team while your quarterback is on his rookie contract because the sacrifices that need to be made once you've broken off that quarterback will hinder your team down the line. So then you have to hope to be competitive over those years while your quarterback makes his money that. When the time comes, you can then go back to said quarterback and ask him to restructure. Mm-hmm. And that is always, you know, that has always made sense to me. That has always been a, a, a philosophy that over the years I have come to accept and agree with. And I mean, we've seen it play out that yeah, way we, year after year. We, we've seen it play out, and it's it's been a topic of conversation because I feel like a lot of times in those conversations, you, what people remember are the quarterback having success early, mm-hmm. the quarterback having success late. And a nice chunk of and, years and, and those chunks, that were yes. pretty average. Yeah. Like, peop, you know, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Mm-hmm. There was Tom a 10-year stretch where ten, Tom Brady didn't win any Super Bowl. Yeah. Tom Brady has more rings than fingers, mm-hmm. you know, and people, like you said, people forget about the 10 years in between that clump of rings he won at the beginning of his career and the clump of rings he won at the end of his career, but he, they weren't winning. Mm-hmm. They were in the conversation. They, they put out some good teams. They were always good. They were always there, Let's but see. they weren't always winning. Let's see, here's the thing. Because I sent you that first text where mm-hmm. I said you can't pay that a guy that much money. Yep. And then I started to learn about Howie Roseman's mastery. Yeah. Because not long after that, Adam Schefter starts to report the, the on, breakdown of the year. Break- yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see a cap hit of six point five six point one five million in twenty three. Thirteen point five six million in twenty four. Yep. Twenty one point seven seven million in twenty five, and thirty one point seven seven in twenty six. And when I saw those numbers, I I followed up and said, you know what? I'm not really actually that mad at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 what's funny about it is, and and I wanted to dig deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Because the first, I I saw that same tweet, I, I, and I even I saw it before you texted me. Mm-hmm. Because the first time I saw it, and I think I told you this uh, earlier in the week, when I saw it, somebody else had tweet like had retweeted that and basically said this can't be right. It, it seemed like fake numbers. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. This, this this can't be the case. Like 
how does he have a how, contract like, like this? How do you get and, that much money mm-hmm. and your and, cap hits are that low? Yeah. Like, this is what I mean. Like, the answer is Howie Roseman. Yeah. Because, all right, because now I'm going to read something else to you. Daniel okay. Jones, over the next two years, hits the the Giants cap for $66 million. Over the same time, Josh Allen hits the Bills for 65.2. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray hits the Cardinals for 67.9. Stafford, 69.5. Deshaun Watson, 83. Dak Prescott, 86.3. Patrick Mahomes, 86.4. So the lowest number, that's a range of 20 million from 66 to 86 for guys that got their contracts over the next two years, what they're getting paid. Jalen Hurts over the next two years, 19.7 against the cap. If you put all of that on one year, it wouldn't be 10% of the cap. Mm-hmm. And 10%, if you've been paying attention, is where I draw that line. Yeah, you yes. over 10%, you're overpaying the quarterback. Yes. He's Agreed. nowhere near that until 2026. And by then, the cap is higher, and you can still do what we were talking about before, restructure. Jonesy, real quick, I want you to put your fan hat on. Uh, I, I want you to put your fan hat on for just for, for a second. Mm-hmm. For you, you look at this deal. Is this the greatest deal you've ever seen negotiated in the history of football? Just as a fan, now, don't give me analytics. Not you know that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I want I want to hear your emotion. I'm speaking to your emotion. Since there's been a salary cap, yes, yeah. Pre-salary cap is all bets are off. Just go mm-hmm. get the guy who's nice. Like, yeah. oh, Diaz on the market, San Francisco, give him the check. Exactly. But you know, now that there's a salary cap, now that things, there's a salary cap, everything's changed. different. And yeah, this. This is the greatest deal in the history of hard cap sports. You know, one thing that I have said all this offseason, you know, when I've talked to people, when people have had me on their shows, when people have asked me for my opinion, I said the one thing that I felt like Howie has done over the last year as he has earned patience. He mm-hmm. has earned the right for me as a fan to say, okay, let me see how you handle this. There have been times when we've been uneasy about moves, whether it be a free agent signing, whether it be a player leaving, whether it be a draft pick, whether it be, you know, depth at a position. The one thing that Howie Roseman has earned going into this summer has been patience. Hey, let me see how this works. Agree. Let's throw this at you real quick. I uh agree with you. But like we had recent history. Mm-hmm. Of Howie Roseman signing a contract for what we thought was the franchise guy. Yeah, yeah. The numbers yeah. didn't go like this. Mm-hmm. Like he took a front team friendly deal, so we're thinking like, but it didn't go like this. Yeah, this is different. And I think, and it, that's what's so shocking is because we had the recent reference point. And it's like, no, he broke that mold completely. Yeah. And like, hold my beer, watch this. I, I, it's like, I am trying, I'm trying to be patient on both sides of this equation. Mm-hmm. Because 
on one hand, I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm like, all right, this is a pretty team friendly. It's like we're looking at a team friendly deal that just made a quarterback the highest paid quarterback in the highest paid player, the highest paid player in NFL history, whereas on on a yearly basis. In, in essence, it's like that should be impossible. Exactly. You know, it you, shouldn't be able to happen. I didn't think it could happen. I have always joked, you know, and I've said this about the, the, the Philly fan because we've both been Philly fans for most of our lives. Me, all my, you know, all, mm-hmm. all our lives, essentially all our yeah, lives. Yeah, all our lives. And like, I've always said in Philadelphia, the moment you're the contract is the moment you now become overpaid. It doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be somebody that says, hey, you know, no matter how you play, no matter what you've done, when the ink dries on that contract, you are now officially overpaid. You know, and now you're sitting here like, wow. So you see Eagles make Jalen Hurts highest play, highest paid player ever. And that's you're immediately going to be like. But that's the thing. Yeah. So, so, so let's be clear. I do not think Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So by definition, making him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, he's overpaid. But I don't care because it's not hurting the salary cap. Mm-hmm. And that's what's mind-blowing about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got you. And I feel like... <sighs> It goes, it, it goes back to the patience. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the patience because now I want to I, I want to see how they draft. I want to see how the rest of free agency goes because I feel like we could be the Eagles could could be at the forefront of a major shift in front office building. Absolutely, where you have you have a general man. You have a general manager who has now proven his savvy in getting contracts signed and getting players, you know, getting players their deals in ways that don't, you know, handcuff the team that you're not mortgaging the future. Okay, that's one thing. This is going to be the new model for quarterback deals in the future. So now what but, you need to but to like go the along same with way it, teams rejected yeah. what they what happened with the Deshaun Watson contract and you see every owner bucking back against that? Yeah. A lot of them are likely to embrace the structure of this Jalen Hurts contract. And what's going to happen it, what I need to happen now, I need to make I need to know that this team now has a scouting team and an ability to find talent to go along with that. So now you are finding quality guys that you can build a a a a championship level team that your general manager can then sign for a long time so you're always in the conversation. Mm-hmm. That will be when the Philadelphia Eagles can call themselves the gold standard. I'm not calling them that now. But what we've seen I'm not saying that now. But John, what we've seen the last two drafts what do they really need to be doing better? At this point, with with, with the way Howie stepped his draft game up, uh-huh. it's not like since, since the Jalen Rager debacle. Yeah, that, that, that was back to back J. Jaw and Rager, mm-hmm. and then after that, Howie did some things, and it's like, 
nah, I, I can't knock you, Howie. Yeah, yeah no. And, and, and kudos to him for, and, and, and I guess, and being willing to I, look in the mirror and address yeah, what needed to be addressed. Being able to look in the mirror, address was being, I, I don't know, I, I don't know exactly, maybe that that might be a question that we have for somebody like a Jeff Mosher when, next time we bring him on, mm-hmm. to say, hey, what exactly, what was it that is that is different now? What what are they doing now that is different from what they did back then? Because And, and, and how he was actually asked that question in his pre-draft pre- press conference today. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing, but basically what he said was they like to, you know, they like to be a glass half full, how can this succeed type of mentality. In their, but they had to be become a bit more realistic and be honest about asking the questions like, what makes this likely to fail? That's not a, mm-hmm. the way he phrased it. It didn't seem like that was a question he was asking himself a lot mm-hmm. before that he is asking now. I mean, and, and that, that makes that makes sense. Now, if I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. the one thing I didn't hear him say that it, it seemed like he wanted to say was stop trying to outsmart everybody and just take the kids from the big schools. <laughs> I'm, you know... I'm just... I mean that's cool too. You know we 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 you know we we talked about it with Emory. You know uh, mm-hmm. all these Alabama guys, all these uh, all these remember Georgia how we had a for taking Oklahoma the guy guys. from the TCU and the yeah like a lot of the mid major programs like, but the SEC guys for some reason he would draft around them and 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 and, and now I'm 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 just talking here, but it's like. It was it was almost like how you look at these front office guys, you, you you look at these front office guys, and especially the ones, the ones who with the football pedigree, mm-hmm. might have played football, you know, coached football, whatever, you know, it, it, it's it's like a lot of times you see them bring in players that they felt fit like their mold, you know, and players that you that you they felt. You know, kind of played the game like they did, mm-hmm. or whatever. And you know, Howie didn't necessarily have that. So when, but he would still bring it. You know, bring in the unknown guys, the guys from the smaller schools that you think will outwork somebody and can become mm-hmm. that type of player, that type of star. And then you got to, you know, and then they come on, they come in here, they put their hand in the dirt, and then they can't play. <laughs> It's about so, right. So you know, maybe maybe it's some humility or whatever. Because I mean, once again, we're being we're being honest. You and I have spent many a times in front of these microphones, in front of these two cameras, and criticized Howie Rosen. Absolutely. You know, the same way I'll tell you when I'm right, and I'll admit when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'll criticize Howie when he does something bad, yeah. and I'm gonna give him his credit when he does something good. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at the, we're, you know, we're looking at the last two drafts, and we're like, hey, there's been a lot of, lot of hits, a lot of hits. There's been a lot of hits, but you know, you you go back before then, it's a lot of misses, a lot of misses, <laughs> a lot of misses. Mm-hmm. But you know, he he seems which is why I said specifically the last two drafts, if yeah. he can stay on on track. There's not a lot to, more to ask for from Howie. 
you know, Emery touched on, you know, and he, he talked about how, you know, they have an opportunity. The Eagles have an opportunity to bring in some players, but they're in a position where they don't necessarily have a lot of holes. There are holes, but they might not be as glaring at, or, mm-hmm. or as big. However, I still feel like, that, you know, I've always had an expectation as far as drafts. You know, I always talk about you need to know that our first round draft pick can play week one. I want a, and I still want that. No matter where you put them, I want a when you your first round draft pick should be able to be on the field when the ball is kicked off. You know, week one. That's what I need. You got two first round draft picks. If you get two players, it should be two players that can play week one. Week two, I'd like them to be able to play. If they're not, I'm not too upset. Round two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Round two, I need somebody, you know, I, I would like somebody who can I prefer somebody who can play, but I'm not I'm but they don't have to play. I feel like your first round pick should be able to play. I I expect the first round pick to play. Honestly, I think my picks in the first three rounds should be able to play. It's okay. really just a whether or not they do play depends on depth mm-hmm. of the roster. But they should be able to play if needed to. I will say, like, like like, last year, for example, we took N'Kobe Dean. Yeah, that's what that's where I was going to go with that. We didn't necessarily need him to play, Mm -hmm. but he could play. Yeah, White there, he was productive. White and Edwards made it easier for me to accept that Dean wasn't playing. Like. When Dean exactly. wasn't on the field week one, I'm sitting like, 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 come on, here we go again. But then you see, no, I, love, I wasn't bothered by that because I, you had, I, I was, but I wasn't bothered. Long. You had two veterans like Kazir White, you knew came in, was a high tackle guy, had speed, he could cover. And TJ Edwards was your signal caller on defense from a year ago who knows the system and is going to be your play caller out there. So when you, and as an inside linebacker, as a rookie, there's a lot to learn, especially when it comes to things like signal caller. So if you didn't have a TJ Edwards and a Kazir white, I'm like, yeah, put Dean out there. But because it's specifically two guys like that, I wasn't clamoring, clamoring for Dean week one. I was clamoring, didn't clamor long. <laughs> you know, I, I there, there wasn't law. The clamoring didn't last. Might not even last the first half of, of week one. It was okay. Like, whoa, why, why aren't we playing Nicobe Dean? We got this guy. I was, I was somebody who would have, who would have been cool if we gotten him in the first round. We fell to the third. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he playing? Okay, all right. I, I, I kind of see that. All right, no, no problem. Okay, cool. I, I, I'll shut up now. You know. <laughs> But you know, it, it is it is what it is. You you see this deal. I you see this deal. I want to see what happens in this draft. Howie has gotten my. He's earned our patience. That's the bottom line. He has definitely earned mm. our patience. Let's see how this plays out. I you know, I, there's very little that I can really complain about as far as you know. So far this off season. Yeah. 
at this point, we got a draft a week away and yes. a GM that we know always has something funny up his sleeve, whether it's a yeah. trade, a, a trade for a player or a move back to get more picks. He's one of the more active GMs, maybe the most active GM in the league when it comes to trades. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next week. Yes. And I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It's going to be a good week of sports, man. It's going to be Absolutely. very. It's going to be a very good week of sports. Hopefully, uh, Sixers can wrap up this uh, this series with the Nets. Mm-hmm. Move and on. That game and- game three starts at about an hour and a half from right the time we're recording. So you know we're going to have to end this soon so we can get prepared. No, no, no yeah, whenever I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to end it right now, bro. That's <laughs> that's where I was going. I apologize if I was being too wordy. I I apologize. I was trying to pivot towards the end of the show. We oh, were talking. Man. Just a reminder: Josie and I will talk Sixers all throughout the playoffs on Three Infinity Podcast. Off um, days, off days. Whenever we can, we'll we will talk Sixers. Get you ready for the next uh, upcoming game. So make sure you check that out. Tell us what you think of what's going on in the draft, what's going on with the Eagles, what's going on with Jalen Hurts. Hit us up at BITW Sports or at Jonesy and Brown on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download our path, our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just go to BITWSports.com. BITWSports.com. That is the website. Over there is Mr. Mike Jones. It's John Brown on the other side. That is. That is. Now, uh, Jonesy, can you clarify something for me? I haven't asked you this question. Okay. But word on the street is back then, they didn't want you. That's true. That is true. Well, look, now now you're high. What happens now? Y'all on me, dog. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy all the sports. Thank you for watching the Jonesy and Brown, Brown Podcast. We will see you guys next time. Peace, y'all. Do you feel on this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.